Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise. I am so, so elated to uh, be able to bring the word of God today. Um, this will be my first time behind this pulpit since uh, I went through my last heart season. And so I'm ready to preach like I never preached before. And so the scripture that the Lord gave me was 1 Samuel chapter 30, and it's going to be verse 1 through 8, but 6 through 8 is going to be on the screen. Yes. It's, I'm reading from the Amplified uh, Classic Version. Some of us don't, well, 
about something with me. Um, five miles is a lot to walk or to run, but 25 miles. And so as they was coming back, I'm sure these men, they was excited about seeing the children, seeing their wives, because this has been a long day's journey. But the scriptures let us know that as they was preparing to enter into the city, the city was caught in the smoke and was on fire. Why? Because the Amalekites came and took the families. And so, in verse chapter 4, then David and his men with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. Could you imagine crying so hard? You don't even have no more strength to cry. It's just like you done cried so much. It's just like you keep making the face, but no teardrops are happening. And so, David was greatly distressed because the men was trying to stone him and his family was gone. But what I found out studying this is the reason why he, he was greatly distressed because he realized it was his fault. Because even though David was a man of war, he made one sad mistake. He took all the soldiers and left the cities uncovered. See, when you have no strategy, there will be tragedy. The art of war, anytime that you are going into war, you have, you have to keep certain that you have to protect your enemies from knowing what your weaknesses are. Because if they can find out your weakness, they can take your strength. And so the Bible says that he was greatly distressed, and everybody was but David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. And now you have. Uh, this is a very familiar passage of scripture that you hear people preach and teach about all the time. But I wondered, I was like, what does that really mean? What, how did David encourage and strengthen himself in the Lord? And the commentary said it like this, David couldn't remember God's love. At this point of total loss, David now saw the love of the Lord and the rejection of the Philistine leaders. David could remember, and he also could remember God's past deliverances. And so, in other words, David pulled strength from remembering what God did. Isn't that amazing? And so, I came to this thought. You only lose the battle if you allow yourself to lose your memory. Because if the enemy can take your memories of remembering what God did, it can make what you did right now seem hopeless. But we have to remember, every time that we go through something, God has always been there. God has not changed. The same God that brought you from point A has brought you to point B and will take you to point C. But you have to allow your memories to strengthen you. You have to allow your history with God encourage you in your journey. God never changes, so if he, could, if he did it before, he could do it again. We'll do this exercise right quick and I hope it doesn't, you know, go buck wild. But for true praise and praisers and worshipers, could you just take a moment and just think about the last hard situation you went through and you said to yourself, I don't think I can make it. I don't think I can get through this. I don't know how God's going to work it out. But here you are. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Your God has a proven track record. Yes. And yes. because he has a proven track record, that means you can trust him when he's doing it. Yes. See, I grew up in an apostolic Pentecostal yeah. church. And one of the things that I loved about it was during testimony service. Yeah. 
you know, probably be above in the church or a praise leader. They begin to say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. See, when you begin to remember what God did, it stirs up a praise yes, in you. Yes, and when you allow the praise of God to begin to stir, you begin to get encouraged. You feel strengthened because there's strength in your praise. And so if you allow the enemy to take your memory, then you allow the enemy to take your praise. And then, after he strengthened himself, he told the priest, he said, bring me the ephod. Wait a minute, he's breaking protocol. Because only the high priest could wear the ephod. And so, because only the high priest could wear the ephod, the high priest will go before the Lord. And everybody will have to wait for an answer to see what he's saying. But David got so desperate, he said, listen, we are in a 911 situation, and I do not have time for protocol, and I need to hear a word from God. But what's also funny about this is because commentary, they said this point in David's life, uh, he, he was what you consider a backslider. He stopped inquiring of the Lord. He stopped seeking God, and that's how he found himself in this situation. But even in his messed up state, he realized, I have to get to God myself. And sometimes you have to get desperate enough. It's like, listen, I thank God for uh, for my sharing. I thank God for uh, Apostle David. But sometimes I just need to go to God for myself because I need an answer now. I don't need an answer tomorrow. I don't need an answer next week. But I need God to respond now. And so he said, please bring me the ephod. And the ephod, there were two stones, the urine and thunder. It was the breastplate. And the name of the two stones meant perfect light. Yeah. Psalms 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And this is a key thing. David went back to the word for direction. Your victory is not based on what you see, but what he says. Because if we want to be honest, what we see, we get discouraged. What we see, it hurts us, it bothers us. Because it doesn't match up with what he says. And so when we see, when, when you hear preachers preach faith and tell them, hold on, you're going to make it, it's going to be all right. You're trying to figure out how in the world see what I mean. I, I'm not only in a test. I'm not only in a child, but I'm in a place, in a space called dark. I'm in a, I'm in a space, I'm in a place called uh, black. It's so dark I can't even see my way out. Uh, when, I, when I lost my mom in 2018, 2019, I always tell people it was the worst year of my life because I lost hope. I said, God, I made so many promises to her. I was like, I can't be able to fulfill that. I said, God, why in the world? Uh, I lost it before my 21st birthday. God, why did you orchestrate that? God, I, I'm losing hope. And people tell you to hold on and, and people tell you it's going to be all right. And then they end up walking away because they forget about your pain and they forget about your grief. And so they continue on with life, but you're still, you're, you're still hopeless. And I remember I was laying in, in, in my bedroom in, in college and I began to ask myself, am I getting ready to lose my mind? I, I was looking up what kind of hospitals I could go to, what can I afford? Because I, needed, I felt like I needed to commit myself because I was about 
to lose my mind. Because what I saw didn't match up with what he said. But that's why it's so important to tap into your worship. That's why it's so important to go back to the word of God. That's why it's so important that we, we shout and we run off of prophecies. But you have to go back and walk with the prophecies that was given to you. Because a lot of times in the moment we miss what truly what God is saying. And so when everything's good, we're praising God for the prophecy. Oh, we're going to get elevated. Oh, we're going to get this, this. Oh, we're going to get that. But then child and tribulations come back and we're trying to figure out, I don't know what to do. God already told you. But you got to go back to the word. Even when you're afraid. Yeah. 
Yeah. Say that one more time. Say it to myself. It is so important to do whatever God says to, to do, even if you're afraid. Because you never know what's connected to what he's asking you to do. He gave him a promise. He said, you shall surely overtake him. And without fail. So he gave him something to do. And to give him reassurance, he said, David, yes, you shall overtake them. Not only shall you overtake them, but without fail. A lot of times when we when, when God tells us to do something, we wonder, is it going to succeed? Am I going to have enough money for it? Is it going to match up with my life? It's going to be feasible for me to do. And a lot of times we allow the fear of failure to stop us from our future. Ooh, it's quiet in here. You, I'm going to say that one more time. Sometimes you allow your failure to stop your future. But the thing is, it's your idea of failure. We are talking ourselves out of victory. We're talking ourselves out of the promise of God just for the idea of failing. But my thing is, with God with his infinite wisdom and knowledge and power, why would he send you to do something to make a fool of yourself? And he said, without fail, you shall recover all. Somebody say without fail. Without fail. If this is the year of possession, and God is dealing with us about go getting it and getting what's ours and getting what belongs to us, why would we be afraid to do it? Very anxious when people just text me my name and not nothing. 
makes me real nervous. Makes me like I'm trying to figure out what are they about to say? Is there like I need to know? And honestly, that has been my problem, me and God, because I have a problem with not controlling. I'm going to be honest. And so, anytime when I get surprised with a good or bad, it does something to me. And if I've just gotten to a point in my life where I have just been expecting bad stuff to happen. Honestly, after my mom died, I said, is there anything else? Because after recovering, still recovering from losing the most important person in my life, I'm just like, what else was the fault? Then, got an email to say, you can't come back to school. I know you got two classes, but you can't come back. Okay. All right. Thanks. Started working my job. Everything good. Get a call from my, uh, one of my supervisors. Oh, by the way, Isaiah, um, your profits for your direct deposit didn't work out, so you won't have to wait another two weeks for your paycheck. Okay, cool. I just got to a point of expecting bad things to happen. But that should not be the seat of a believer. We should have hope in the God that provides. We should have hope in the God that breathes breath in our body. We should have hope in God who, who gives us strength to wake up every morning. And, he, and so I began to get excited because he said, hey, stop expecting good surprises. You know, uh, uh, still uh, reminding me of something of uh, good surprises. You know, like when you get a little red bone on something, it is just a slight shower. It encourages you. It's like, oh, that person thinks about me. And what God is going to do as you prepare to go get it, he's going, he's going to allow surprises to happen to remind you that he's with you. That he's thinking about you. Yep. Period. Yes. And Bible said, Gotta have hope in God, first of all. And going back over your track history with Him. And allowing your memories to push you into possession. And I begin to think about different stories in the Bible. And how when they got told of the promised land and they sent spies out. They said, go check it out. And you check it out. They said, yes, it is flowing with milk and honey. Just like he said, it looks good. It looks good. But the giants in the land. And there began to be some talk. They said, y'all, I don't know if we can do this. But I believe it was Caleb. He said, I shall believe the report of the Lord. So let me ask you this, church. Whose report shall you believe? You have to be determined in your mind. I shall believe the report of the Lord. So if God, y'all sitting here acting like it's a funeral. If God told me that I'm about to get some surprises, if God told me I'm about to recover all my success, if God told me 
You see, but you don't understand what the saying was. We uh, researched the story of David. See, David was the rejected one. That was a reason why he was out in the field. Because back in the Bible days, if you being a shepherd, it wasn't a good thing. People didn't like you because you stunk, you, you was foul, and you had to work on the Sabbath. So that wasn't a job that everybody wanted. So when David began to realize and remember, Lord, my father didn't want me when I'm out in the field. Oh, guess what? God has graced me to kill the lion and the bear. Lord, have mercy. My father didn't want me. Lord, have mercy. The scripture says, when my mother and my father forsake me, God will lift me up. When, when he was facing the life, he began to remember, if God would uh, strengthen me to kill this giant, then there's nothing that I can do. And see, when you begin to resource the history of David and Saul, they begin to say, David! Kill his 10,000. Saul killed his 10,000, but David killed his thousands. He began to look back and began to encourage himself. So if God did it for me back then, then I, then he can do it for me now. That's why I have to go get it. Because when I look back over my life, anytime God has allowed me in a fight, I've always won. Yeah. Ah, see, what you didn't know was, uh, I'm reminded of Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for my good. Yeah. And because it's working for my good, and because God is good, I'm good. Yeah, man. I'm finding strength in who God is. And because God is with me, yeah. I can go get it. And, and I, I was talking to the Lord this morning 
you to speak this, that, and then I'm just going to sit down. But the Lord, He, especially as we're coming into our fifth year, and I actually had to repent to God because I saw you as a pastor, but I didn't honor you as an apostle. And meaning that I was wanting your pastoral grace and not pushing you to be the apostle that God has called you to be. And so in this fifth year, as five represents the number of grace, it is God commissioning me to go back out and claim the city. And 